Welcome to SonaCast, a podcast from the team at Sona Nanotech Inc. Sona's unique gold nanorods will power next generation diagnostic devices and medical applications. In every podcast, we seek to learn more about our industry with expert insight and special guests. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of SonaCast. This week we are going back to the beginning of Sona Nanotech with our special guest, Dr. Gerard Marangoni, one of the original founders of the company. Dr. Marangoni is a tenured professor of chemistry at St. Francis Xavier University in Antigonish, Nova Scotia, with 25 years experience in surfactant and colloidal chemistry. We talk about the original project that led to CTAB-free nanorods and the founding of Sona, and look at what the future holds for the company. Hello, I'm Darren Evans, Sona's Head of Communications, and I'm here with Jerry Marangoni, the founder of uh, Sona Nanotech, and uh, we're going to be talking about how the company came about. Jerry, thanks ever so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. No problem. Can you, first of all, then tell me a bit about your background and your career to date? Well, I'm a, a, a surfactant and a colloid chemist, and uh, I've been uh, teaching at a, a, a primarily undergraduate university in Nova Scotia, Canada, for almost 28 years, and uh, undertaking research in polymers and surfactants and colloids and polymer surfactant systems for at, at least 30 years because it was part of my PhD thesis as well as a little bit of my undergraduate research. Okay, so how did that research and that work lead you to Sona then? Let's go back to the beginning and talk about the idea, the genesis, the thought that would eventually lead to uh, Sona. How did that come about? Uh, you know, it's an interesting conversation because... Um, for a long time, I've been looking at, you know, as a surfactant chemist, you read the literature, you look at the trends, et cetera. And I saw an awful lot of work on gold nanoparticles, gold nanorods, metal nanoparticles in general. And I got particularly interested in gold nanorods and gold nanoparticles um, because one of the things that you could see with these particles was, you know, there was a wealth of applications and most of the original papers and, you know, um, a lot of the original research kept talking about, you know, the application, the application, the application. And every one of those papers that, I, that you know, I was reading um, had one particular method, particularly in the synthesis of gold nanoparticles and gold nanorods, had one particular method for making gold nanorods, uh, and that was using a, a cationic surfactant called C-tolotrimethylammonium bromide, which is a cytotoxic surfactant. And, and I, you know, you look at that surfactant and, and, you know, if you're a surfactant chemist like myself, you understand the structure and you understand the damage that it can do uh, to an anionic membrane. And you sit back thinking about the fact that a lot of these papers were talking about, you know, apply, in vivo applications. And I'm sitting here thinking, how are you going to pump gold nanorods that have a lot of CTAB still stuck to them and in the surrounding solution, how are you going to pump that in the body without doing any damage? And of course, this is one of the big issues that I thought were plaguing these gold nanoparticles and gold nanorods in particular uh, from being widely, um, you know, widely adopted in various applications. So at the time, uh, Kulbir Singh, who was another co-founder of Sona, had joined uh, uh, me in Canada uh, on a postdoctoral uh, fellowship and we were in the office here one day and, and we were talking about different interests and he had a mutual interest in gold nanoparticles, gold nanorods 
And one of the things that I mentioned was the fact that, you know, I think the applications are, are almost limitless for these particles. I said, but, you know, every paper I'm looking at, they're almost exclusively making them with CTAB. And we just kind of hit on this idea. There's got to be another way. So what and, what were people doing to address the CTAB issue then, to work around it before you guys started looking at it? Well, there are different ways that they tried to mitigate the uh, CTAB. So uh, basically, you try to siphon off as much of the CTAB from the, from the uh, inner particle solution as possible. You wrap the gold nanorods in some uh, non-ionic polymers. Uh, you know, you exchange off the uh, CTAB for uh, another material, etc., to uh, try to keep the particle stable in solution. But the underlying issue was the fact that the, the CTAB is very strongly attracted to the surface of the gold nanoparticles, and it really doesn't matter what you do. There's still going to be some CTAB that's going to be stuck on the gold nanoparticles. At least that was my opinion. So, you know, I, you know, we were aware uh, of all of these different methodologies for, you know, uh, supposedly uh, mitigating the CTAB issue. And... You know, my, my background as a colleague chemist said, wow, you know, that CTAB is still going to be there. How are we going to address that? And that's kind of when we hit the idea, geez, there's got to be another way to make these without CTAB. So that's when we started looking around to see if there, we could develop a methodology for making them without CTAB. And that's really the genesis of SONA. Okay, how long did that process take then? It took a little while. Um Really, what we had to do was go back through the literature, understand um, understand the mechanism as best we could, because it's the mechanism for making these gold nanorods from in CTAB is still not clearly understood. Um, but we had to go back through a lot of the original papers from some of the very uh, uh, good people in this uh, in this area, uh, Kathy Murphy's papers, a few other uh, individuals, uh, and look at the research that they had done and try to understand what the CTAB was doing in this particular solution. And it wasn't only just the fact that it was CTAB, it was the concentration of CTAB. It was an awful lot of, uh, of that cationic surfactant present in the solution. So, you know, we basically said, well, can you reduce the amount of CTAB? Can you do this to the CTAB? Can you do that to the CTAB without affecting the stability of the particles? And it turned out a lot of the stuff that we tried to do, um, you know, early on to understand the role of the CTAB basically led to particles crashing out. Then we decided, okay, let's just say we can find, let's see if we can find some way of making them from the ground up with no CTAB molecules at all. And that's when we started looking at some of the, some of the systems um, that are, you know, currently uh, being utilized by the company. Yeah. And of course, we're not going to be uh, giving away any of our uh, secrets as to how they are made, because that's uh, certainly uh, something we'd like to uh, to keep to ourselves. But what what then um, was the, the the kind of the breakthrough moment? We had uh, was, I, I, I can clearly remember the day that it happened. I can't remember the exact date, but you know, it was it was an amazing it's kind of weird. It was a beautiful sunny day, and we had uh, a reaction that we kind of thought, "Gee, this isn't going anywhere." And then uh, we decided to do a little bit of a follow-up in that reaction. And the next thing you know, uh, we ended up getting a color change that indicated, "Wow, something happened here that we didn't expect." And the next thing you know, we decided to go and investigate um, 
what you know what was actually produced in solution, and lo and behold, we made some gold, gold nanorods. And then was, once once we realized that you know, wow, we could do this without CTAB, then it was a, a long process of understanding the mechanism using this technique and trying to improve upon um, you know yields, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, you know, uh, making sure that we can make particles of different sizes because that's one of the things that's very good with the CTAB method. You can dial up particles of different sizes for different applications. So, of course, we had to make sure that if we were going to use this new technique to produce gold nanoparticles, and in particular gold nanorods of different lengths, we had to be able to reproduce a lot of the stuff that you could do with the CTAB surfactant as a reaction medium. And that took, you know, that took quite a while to do, but uh, we, we were successfully able to do that. And, and why do you think it is then, just briefly, that nobody else had uh, thought to do it the way you had? That's a really good question. And I think what you would have to understand is we come at it from the point of view of a colleague surfactant chemist trying to understand the basic fundamentals of how these particles were being made. Uh, I think a lot of other people, you know, knew that there was a recipe out there that worked. Could we, tweak, you know, could we use the recipe and somehow tweak that recipe and or do something else after we make the particles to mitigate the effects of that cytotoxic surfactant? Whereas we thought, you know, from the ground up, what can, what else can we do? And, and I think just a lot of our background uh, in the colloid world led us to to thinking about things in a slightly different way and kind of opened the doors to a few different ideas that uh, eventually ended up succeeding. And now, of course, Sona, you know, has grown exponentially. We, we're a publicly listed company. Um, we've got, you know, products out there that are that are being tested, that are, that are on their way to hopefully commercialization. Um, when you kind of look at what's happened over the last few years, what are your thoughts? It's amazing how things have, uh, you know, moved uh, in, a, in a direction that I never thought would happen. And, you know, at this point, you've got to give a real shout out to, uh, you know, the people that were there originally in the company, Mike and Colbert, Mike, uh, Michael McCaldup is also a co-founder of Sona. But when we brought on Darren Rolls, um, you know, Darren, Darren basically um, saw some really, really uh, amazing applications for the technology that I don't think any of us really envisioned uh, because, you know, as the three founders, we were looking at, you know, we were looking at uh, commercializing this in a, you know, down, we were moving down a particular path and Darren came in and he basically, you know, said, Hey, this is a great technology. Um, I think we can, you know, exploit this, uh, use this in a lot of other different avenues. And so he started, uh, you know, some research in our, uh, and uh, some technology development along those avenues, and those have been wildly successful. So, you know, a real tip of the hat to Darren because he came in and he, he put us in a direction that, personally, I never thought would have happened five years ago. And you're talking there specifically about the lateral flow market, which I think is where he saw some real potential for um, Sona's nanorods to replace traditional uh, colloidal gold. So that was, wasn't was something absolutely. that had occurred to you at the time then as a possibility? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we, we were aware of, the, because, I mean, those were always mentioned as applications, but certainly we didn't have any expertise in that area at all. Uh, and, you know, we, we really didn't know what the total addressable size of that market was, et cetera. Uh, 
So when you have no expertise and no business experience in that market, you really don't think about those as, as massive applications and then you know Darren come on board and and he said no this this could be huge and uh, he's you know really put a lot of emphasis in moving it into that direction and as I said I think it's been wildly successful so what do you see uh, the future holding for sonar and this technology that that you started then I mean we're only just on the beginning of uh, a journey essentially even though the company has come so far from its beginnings um, where, where do you think the future lies uh, I certainly think the future lies in the, uh, the lateral flow. Uh, you know, there's tremendous opportunity in the lateral flow market. There's no two ways about it. But I, you know, you look at you know, you look at the potentials. The the initial thing that really got us uh, so interested in these gold nanorods was, you know, just some of the um, applications that were mentioned in uh, drug delivery systems, some in vivo applications, uh, you know, even data storage, uh, et cetera. You know, the applications that you know, we were kind of looking at thinking, wow, could we ever get there? And, you know, obviously now I think with the with the appropriate uh, people in place, which we have, I think we can get there. I think there's an awful lot of potential to go back and, you know, comb through some of those original papers and look at the applications everybody was talking about uh, and say, yeah, you know, these, these nano rods can be used here as well. And I think that's going to be, uh, you know, other addressable markets that uh, the company is going to be moving towards. Fantastic. And then finally, if we look more generally at developments within kind of the gold nanoparticles, gold nanorods um, area, what sort of uh, developments are are really exciting you at the moment about that technology? I really think some of the uh, medical applications are, the medical applications to me are really exciting. Uh, You know, just, just in the lateral flow market, the ability to possibly, you know, do multiple analyses on a single strip uh, to be able to be uh, to be able to use gold nanorods for uh, you know imaging applications uh, for therapies for drug delivery it's, I, I think those those applications are the potential there is is absolutely huge uh, and it's you know something I think obviously lots of companies are going to look at uh, when you look at uh, you look at some of the companies that uh, that Sony is currently collaborating with these other these companies obviously have ideas about these markets as well. And I think there's so much potential for us to continue to collaborate with these companies to uh, bring products to market to address an awful lot of needs in uh, the medical, uh, you know, medical sciences and medical diagnostics uh, industries. Absolutely, and um, you know, it's going to be a, a very exciting journey for Sonar over the next few years, I'm sure. For now, Jerry, thanks ever so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Oh, very much appreciate it, and uh, have a wonderful day. That's all from Sonacast this week. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. Also, make sure to follow us on social media to keep up to date with all the latest news and analysis from Team Sona. You can follow us on Twitter, at Sona Nanotech. On LinkedIn, search for Sona Nanotech Inc. On Facebook, also search for Sona Nanotech Inc. And on Instagram, at Sona underscore Nanotech. Team Sona will be attending various industry events throughout 2019 and 2020, where we will be recording future podcasts. If you would like to be one of our special guests, get in touch with us through any of our social media channels. Also, we would love to get your feedback on Sonacast, so please get in touch to let us know what you think, or if you have any ideas for future guests or content.